Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Splitting Hairs podcast. It's the B team, Brendan and Ben here, rocking out here, getting this recorded late at night to get rocking through. Going to give you a little breakdown of the Jack's depth chart that was just released the other day. Uh, going to go over a couple surprises. Maybe we think the breakout players are going to be. Uh, we'll kick around the Jack Gophers game here a little bit. Obviously, that's kind of a big one. It's happening uh, fairly soon. And then uh, we're going to rock on through some MVFC matchups, uh, toss a couple of those around, then we're going to make some picks at the end. I had a hot start uh, this week, obviously, with that gem of a Sanford pick. That worked out for me. Uh, but just getting raw, it should give us a good little wrap around what's going to happen this weekend, give everybody a good primer for what's uh, to come. Football started, baby. It's back. I'm jacked. Let's go. Can't wait. Let's get it done. So we got that death chart released. That's exciting. A couple things were uh, pretty surprising on that, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I think one of the bigger surprises to me was uh, Jackson Yankee being listed over Jacob Brown. Um, I, You know, Brown was pretty consistently the third receiver all last year. Um, So really excited to see what Jackson does. Um, And, you know, he was... Him and his twin brother were pretty big playmakers on Madison, so mm-hmm. uh, for him to win the job over Jacob Brown's pretty big deal. Right, and you know he won the job because it's not like Jake is a slough player by any means. He's a good player to for him to beat him out. That's I don't think that's a bad sign. No, I agree. Um, the other interesting one was kind of Cal Hart listed over Blake Coons at tight end. I don't know how much to read into that. I think Blake Coons will still play into play into the offense quite a bit. I mean, he's going to be right. the kind of pass catching threat Whereas hard is going to be kind of the run blocking threat in my opinion. So I wouldn't read into that too much. No, I mean, really. And if you're looking at just for the start of the game, run blocker out there first, and they're saying these are going to be the first guys on the field that run blocker out that run blocking tight end, new quarterback might want to start with some, try to pound the ball on them a little bit. You're going to want the, you're going to start with your your blocking tail tight end anyways on the first down normally. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, another kind of surprising one was Mikey uh, Daniel being lit, listed at fullback. Um, right. Again, don't know how much to read into that one, I guess. Um, I, one of my thoughts was maybe it's for like NFL draft prospects next year. You know, he'd be better off listed as a fullback for his um, – yeah, um, I mean, I don't know if they're going to care so much what he's listed at, but I think there could be a couple things with it, but when it, what it really boils down to, this offense is going to have so many playmakers that you got to try to find time for, especially in the backfield. You want them on the field if you can. And if we end up using, we end up using uh, our other fullback, why am I having a brain fart on this? My goodness. If we're using sellers, sellers yeah. Because it's, it's Mikey Daniel or Sellers. If we end up using him as an H-back, then you've got a second running back threat back there that's a real threat to carry the ball. So Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the exciting things about Eck is it sounds like he finds some creative ways to get people the ball, and, you know, maybe this is one of those ways, ways you know, to get Mikey some more touches. Right, and he's got to be uh, – he's going to have to be creative. There's a lot of, a lot of weapons out there. 
for sure. Yeah, I mean, and C.J. Wilson listed at RB2. I mean, that is important to get him some touches this year, too, because I think he's he's a home run guy, I believe. You know, yeah. nice change of pace. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to look at that. The thing that uh, I'm not too excited about when we're going against a big gr- ground-and-pound type team like Minnesota seems to want to be is seeing Crockett might not play. That would be... I know. That's... Yeah, not having the crockpot out there. It'd be nice to be at full strength. Um, another guy that's not listed is Elijah Wilson. Sounds like he's got a nagging injury as well. So down a little bit on the D-line. Um, hopefully our uh, depth is good enough there where they can fill in and back him up. Well, if there's anywhere that we have depth, it should be the D-line with how many guys we got coming back. You know, looking for some players to step up there big. Yeah, I agree. Um, excited to see uh, Reese Winkleman. Um, I guess he's one of the players that uh, I've got tagged as a, a breakout player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it, it'll be interesting to see when Elijah Wilson comes back if he's still the starter. Um, but you know, it might be one of those deals where if he does well enough while Elijah's out, maybe Elijah's you know second fiddle at that point. But right. we'll see how that goes, I guess. Yeah, and. You know, seeing these guys break out, some of it could be because of scheme. You know, like uh, Kyle and Matt talked about on their podcast, uh, our, our old defensive scheme, or probably still our current defensive scheme with a little more aggression, was our defensive linemen were taking up half, so the linebackers didn't get bunged up. But if they're getting a more aggressive mindset to get past them, that can really lead to some big, big improvements. Oh, for sure. Um. I guess another breakout player that I've got listed on the defense, um, Levi Brown. Um, it was real interesting to see how the uh, linebackers were listed on there. Um, right. Again, don't know how much to read into that because I know Backhouse is such an important player to the defense. He's going to be really involved. Um, right. So we'll see. We'll see how that rotation goes. But it's nice to have you know four. It's going to be nice to have four really solid linebackers mm-hmm. um, to throw out there at any time. Well, in general, you look at these positions, if you look down the depth chart, there's a lot of ors on there for wide right. receiver, fullback, linebacker. You know, those ors that in those positions, those are positions you need depth in anyway. So that's a, that's a really good sign to see, in, in my opinion. It means people are stepping up. But, you know, obviously Gibbs is someone we want to see break out in this game. I mean, I don't know if you'd even count it as a breakout when it's your first game of the year and you're the redshirt freshman i suppose it does but it's not like you're breaking out from an old you you're just showing you right yeah i mean it's going to be key i mean i i don't think we can even get close to an upset of the gophers without gibbs playing well um at a minimum he's got to not turn the ball over but um you know i think he's gonna have to make some plays for us to have a chance to beat him so Hopefully uh, ends up being a breakout player from this game. Right. I mean, he's going to at least have to play um, solid game. He's going to have to make some plays on third down to extend drives. Oh, for it's sure. It's going to end up happening. Uh, so if he if he can make those plays, sounds like he's going to be great. Uh, has really good short to intermediate accuracy. That's an awesome thing to hear, especially in those sorts of situations. We'll see kind of how that goes, but... You know, you list the the list is so long, guys who can break out. But I'm really looking forward to Dan Campbell just to see how they're going to get him the ball. 
in his hands because that guys can be so electric and just the couple times we've the small sample size we've had man he looks like a lightning bug out there and can really make some huge plays yeah hopefully he has a healthy year and uh yeah because like you said he looks electric i mean along the same lines as cj wilson you know um really excited to see what Eck can do to get those guys the ball uh, mm-hmm. because there's there's a lot of mouths to feed so it'll be right. interesting to see see how Eck gets that done right and you know kind of we might have talked about Gibbs a little early with it being the the, the golfer game and how big of a key that's going to be because I mean really looking at the golfers for their strengths they're going to try to ground you down you can just tell by the size of their offensive line they're not meant to be pass blockers you don't have a 400 pound guy because you got to be able to move your feet well and you got to be able to keep up with quick defensive ends on a pass block i'm not saying they're going to be bad at it but you you can go through the nfl i went through and checked the nfl you know how many 400 pounders play in the nfl right now (laughs) zero there's not a single NFL player who's 400 pounds. Not to say that that guy can't be one of them at right tackle for him, but you go through your your average offensive lineman in the NFL is 315, 325 because they have to pass a lot. They're, it's not as run-oriented of a game as a lot of college teams can be. So you can tell just by how they're building it, that's their goal, especially with the stable running backs they have as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, like, like you mentioned the stable running backs. They got uh, Rodney Smith, and I think Ibrahim is the other big guy they got um, that are pretty good running backs. But uh, one interesting thing I did see is that, um, especially towards the end of the year, they were averaging quite a few points. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I didn't didn't check out the uh, breakdown of run versus pass there, but right. I mean, obviously, they're you're not going to put up. I, I, what I saw was like around 40, 40 points a game the last mm-hmm. few games, and you're not going to put up that much by just grounding a pound in the whole game. So I think, uh, you know, Tyler Johnson's one of their big wide receivers. is going to be making some plays in the pass game, um, along with Rashad Bateman. Um, those are kind of their two big wide receivers that mm-hmm. um, Morgan's going to be looking to get the ball to. And, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Um, what Fleck does. I think it's his third year at Minnesota now. Yeah. So um, kind of getting to the point where he's kind of getting his guys and um, yeah, we'll see see how the Jacks do, I guess. See, when I looked at it and I looked at them, the, the quarterback they're going to have playing the sophomore who was in competition with the guy who had started the season, his stats aren't – they're, they're an FBS team. They're going to have some outstanding talent, especially at the skill positions. That's the way that goes. But they weren't chucking the ball around the yard for 400 yards a game. Actually, offensively, they averaged 100 yards a game less than the Jacks did per, over the season. And their passing game passed for a 50 or 60 yards a game less per, per game. And I've all, I also remember seeing he had nine touchdowns and six interceptions, which when you're the FCS team going in against the end of the FBS team's house, a quarterback who turns the ball over almost as much as he throws a touchdown is a good thing. Obviously, he's had a summer to work on it, but turnovers are such a key thing there. I almost feel like some of the game plan is going to be similar to when you play NDSU. 
You make them pass. You make the quarterback beat you because those games that they had against the Badgers and everything else, they, I think they ran on them more and were able to inflict their will on them, which isn't going to be something new for our guys to walk into by any stretch. That's the whole Missouri Valley. That's true. I mean, that's a good point. If they if they do try to play the NDSU ground and pound game, it's something that we're definitely used to and well equipped to handle. So, um, I guess we got that going for us. True. And you know, the other thing I talked a little bit on it about that big O line and how I feel that that's set up what they're set up to be road graders. I mean, their right side of the offensive line is huge. Their smallest guy's three forty five, but. I think anybody who played the game will tell you a big O line doesn't mean a good O line. Um, yeah. They have, they have a good O line. Obviously, you can see what they did at the end of the year, but it doesn't mean that just because somebody's bigger than you, they're gonna they're gonna get you. If I see a guy who's six nine across from me, you've got leverage. He's got to get way lower than you to be able to get good leverage on you. So, kind of depends how you look at it, I suppose, from a player's perspective. Will their size wear on us throughout the game? Yeah, that's what happens in FBS games. You can watch every F, the majority of FBS games between a top 25 FCS team and an FBS game. Generally, they're close at half. And then the depth wears you down. Those extra 20 scholarships start to wear down on that FCS team. And that's going to be where it's some of the keys of the game are going to be is sustaining drives ourselves and getting off the field on third down for sure i mean i you know you mentioned how you you have to stay in the game you know be close at halftime at least and i think one of the big keys is definitely don't get down big early um, because then the plays right into their ground and pound hand Mm -hmm. you know they can sit there and run on the clock and uh tire us down um I mean, on the flip side of that, you can say one of the keys could be for us to take an early lead um, and, you know, make them throw the ball, like you said, uh, force force Morgan to uh, pass the ball and maybe make some mistakes. So, yeah, that's that was a, that's definitely a big key there. Well, another thing with stopping the run game is that's going to give our corners, and our young corners, a big help because if we're getting gashed in the run game, they're going to start wanting to charge up and make help make the plays and stop that run and that's when you get gashed by a play action pass real bad and with a real green secondary we can't afford to have that happen where you fall down because of two broken coverages because we were biting so hard on the run because they were getting four or five yards a pop right and i mean i i think we're pretty well equipped to handle the run game um as we've seen with some of our success against ndsu especially with our linebacking core you, know, you get Roseboom running around there, Backhouse, mm-hmm. and now Brown and Seven Wilson. I mean, those guys know how to get to the ball and and uh, stop the running back before he gets too far down the field. So, um, I don't know. The, the more we talk about it, the more I'm talking uh, talking myself into the Jacks doing well in this game. Um, <laughs> it's it's good thing we're not talking to me on Thursday because this would it it would be a, this would be a jack's walk would be winning by 20 i get way too confident Come exactly that's it's awful but, yeah i almost i thought i'd talk myself out of it but now i'm talking myself into a jack's win so yeah we got me blabbering at you so let's <laughs> you know speaking of which um we got a big list we go through but um 
something I didn't mention. How do you, if, if you're setting up the game, you're coming in, how would you want to run it with a new quarterback and the defense we have? Would you want the ball first and or would you want the defense to go first? And if how would you want to start? What, what would you start out as if you have Gibbs, a, a quarterback like Gibbs who's brand new starting his first game in the go with the, in a stadium like the Gophers? I think I would want the ball first um, just to break the ice, get them out there, um, you know, try to put points on the board first um, to kind of ease his tension a little bit. You know, if, if we give them the ball first and they happen to go down and score, then he's already got that in his mindset that he's got to, you know, do something big. Or, mm-hmm. And so I think that's another key for me is for him to not turn the ball over and not try to do too much. Right. I mean, with our with our running backs we have um, and our you know solid line, I think we can run on these guys. And so the last thing we need is for Gibbs to try to you know be a hero or whatever and turn the ball over and put us in bad positions. So right. yeah, I guess I I think I'd take the ball first. What are you, what are your thoughts on that? <sighs> That's a tough question. I think that my my general thought is once you get the ball in Gibbs' hands. You want to get him in a rhythm and get him comfortable and get him to realize that he's just playing football. So run a read option where he keeps it and gets licked once and realizes, hey, gets him in the game, gets that first pop, he's ready to play. Um, gets him, we want a good couple, three, four-yard first plays where we're in third manageable and you can have him hit a easy crossing route or – one of our favorite uh, bubble screens <laughs> that is an easy th- an, an easy throw for him. Get that confidence, get some rhythm going so the offense gets that blood flowing. If we go three and out and you start out with run play for two yards, run play for one yards, then he's now he's got to go and face a third and eight. That's putting a lot more pressure on him, so you almost want to relieve that and be able to give him those opportune moments. And there is the part of me, though, where – you know they're going to be gunning to stop the run when we have a new quarterback, especially a freshman. So do you want to take that chance and have your first couple scripted plays be short pop plays that Cade Johnson slants across the middle to Adam Anderson where you get the offense in a rhythm, now the defense is on their heels because they're not ready to get hit with an up-tempo couple quick pass plays and then start gashing with the run. I mean... Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind to see some play action definitely early because, I mean, like you said, they they know we got good running backs and we have a new quarterback. And, you know, I think I think you can probably catch them uh, with some play action early. And especially, you know, like you said, the shorter shorter passes, just get them some confidence, get them some rhythm going. Um, right. Yeah, I, I, I'm all for it, man. We should We should probably be... Offense coordinators, I think. Yeah, well, that's why I got the headset on already. You know, that's yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> look, looking the part. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to grow the beard. I'm going to work on getting a pot belly, and I'm going to cut the sleeves <laughs> off so I can be like that Browns quarterback O line coach and yeah, there you work go. on my hut. <laughs> one, one thing that does worry me about this game because some of it, you, it'd be nice to catch them napping on their heels a little bit. But one of their coordinators was talking in an interview, and he used to coach for the University of Delaware, which is unfortunate because he's been in, he said he's been in, they played maybe four times or something during his time there. I'm assuming that's back when Joe Flacco was on the team. They won three out of four games. And he said point blank, and this is something I don't think people realize, 
I mentioned before with the depth, he said, Do, does an FCS team have the depth to play a full Big Ten schedule? Absolutely not. You just don't. You don't have the scholarships. But in a one-off game, you've got the talent to line up. I mean, you, how many people have the Gophers had go to the NFL? Probably not that many more than the Jacks have in the last four or five years, realistically. Right. I mean, but right. say they have eight. You know, I haven't done the research, but the the gap isn't as huge as some would as it feels like. So, if we come out and play our game and play well, we should be able to hang with them and make it a game in the fourth. Is my personal opinion, without question. The talent is there. We have the leadership to do it. It's going to be executing it. That's going to be the real trick. That's that's my biggest key to the game. We come out and play our game, and start to grind out the ball and see what happens from there. Make it a game in the fourth, and then then the pressure's on them, like Stig said in his coach's show the other day, I believe. Yeah, man. Uh, make it a close game into the fourth. Let Ben and Terry walk it off, and we can go home happy. <laughs> He's got to get a classic Ben and Terry moment, right? It's got to happen. Hell yeah. It's in his blood. Oh, yeah. That's the way yep. it goes. Yeah, it's it's coming. You know, this is, it, now is his time. In front of a raucous gopher crowd. You think it'll be full? Yeah. Do you think they're gonna have a lot of people actually there, or? No, I mean, yeah, they they had that little ten dollar ticket deal, um, which I hope Jacks fans took advantage of that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, basically they're begging people to go to this game. Um, they they don't they're they're pretty embarrassed by their um, downward trending attendance figures, and so they yeah, I, I really doubt that many fans are gonna turn out for this one. Right. Um, I, I hope there's a lot of blue and yellow there. I would right. think there would be. I think there's going to be a lot of blue and yellow there. I really do. I'm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it is to my everlasting shame. I have to admit this of all four of us on splitting hairs. I'm the one who won't be there. <laughs> I am the boo. one. Yeah. Boo, <laughs> boo this man. Boo this man. <laughs> uh, work schedule won't allow it, but that's a shame. That's the way it goes. We almost yeah, tried. We tried to pull it off last minute, and it's just not going to happen. I'll be at all the other games, and I might make an appearance at the school down south as well. They love me down there. So there you go. Well, but, well there'll be plenty of let's go, let's go rabbits chance, and I'll I'll keep her going for you. Ah, looking forward to a, a shirt in the stands. I'm going to be watching. See if I can pick. Yeah. It up. Yeah. That'll be pretty Sink sweet. the boat, baby. Sink no, the boat. Nothing would be more fun than going down to Minneapolis and not only beating the Gophers, but beating the Gophers and stealing the thunder from the school up here that is playing in a baseball stadium for some reason. <laughs> that would just be glorious. Just, just, th- just ponder that. That'd be fun. They're having their big party, and we come in and beat the Gophers. That'd be the only thing that's talked about all weekend, and it would drive them batty. Yeah, yeah, they can have they can have fun beating up on Butler. We'll just we'll take the FBS scalp. Yeah, that's 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 uh, that's the goal. We'll see what happens. Speaking <laughs> of the other schools in the MVC or MVFC, pardon me, those are two different conferences for folks out there wondering. The Missouri Valley Conference is technically not affiliated with the Missouri Valley Football Conference, but that's a whole other bit debate altogether. I think. Yeah, that's a whole other can of worms <laughs> that we're not going to jump into on here. 
But everybody's getting into action. Obviously, Youngstown State whooped up on Sanford. That I don't know if anybody else watched some of that game. That was that wasn't a very close contest. I that was a great call by you. Um, yeah, yeah, I felt good. Felt good at the yep. time. Feels less good now. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe yep. a smidge less good now. <laughs> Tolini showed you. Yeah, how I I doubted the bow. And Carl, and the cat. What am I? Thinking? I don't know how you did it. That's just must have been huffing paint or something. I don't know. It was late. Big, big mistake. I also thought Indiana State was the longest road trip in the valley for some reason. So you know, I wasn't first podcast jitters. That's what it. That's what I'm blaming it on. I'm gonna throw there you that go out there. <laughs> it's, um, going through. There's a couple of not as exciting games. Like Western Illinois and North Alabama, that actually should be a pretty close game because Western Illinois lost so much. But it's just not that exciting. We're not going to be two top 25 teams. North Alabama's in their second year transition. They went up to NDSU and got slapped around. But honestly, they're going to have more in a fighter's chance at home against Western Illinois with how well they lost. And just not that jazzed about that. I mean, besides it being football, and we get to watch all these games on Saturday. Um, Missouri State at Northern Arizona. Um, Northern Arizona, as Cook is back, I believe, for uh, the 37th year, he's going to retire as a walker <laughs> as a professional student, and then he's they're going to make him into a statue and just leave him in <laughs> middle of the field with a crutch. <laughs> they, should, uh, they should lay the wood to... It's Missouri State. They should lay the wood to them. But, I mean, you go through and you look at the numbers. A good friend of mine from UNI who is a wizard with uh, pulling these numbers and everything up, uh, I reached out to him and he threw me the numbers for the Missouri Valley's out-of-conference stats over the last five years, and this includes playoff games. Versus the FCS. We are 151 and 42. It's pretty impressive. That is obscene. Hey, my phone's going off while I'm looking at it. <laughs> it's like church, silence your phone. And that, that includes 38 and 20 versus the Big Sky, 8 and 4 versus the CAA, and versus the Big South, we're 7 and 2. And SOCON, we're 7 and 1, and 12 and 4 versus the. SLC, excuse me. I mean, that those are obscene numbers, and that's because you have teams like Missouri State knocking off teams like Northern Arizona. It just shows you the depth I of mean, the league. Yeah, and Missouri State beat Northern Arizona 40-8 to eight last year um, <laughs> at home. So, so I mean, what do you, do you think Missouri State's going to have that kind of game again? or You know... I don't know. I yeah, I might. It's on the road. I uh, I might take them. We'll save that for like. I can't L- give away my secrets. Got, no, yeah, I don't. I don't want you to give you a pick now, but yeah, I mean, you got the elevation, Northern Arizona. It's the first game of the year, um, so gonna be sloppy. It'll be interesting to see how that one goes. Um, I yeah, we'll, we'll save the picks for later though. Um, another. Not that interesting one to me is Southern Illinois at Southern Southern, excuse me, Southeast Missouri State. Simo and yeah. 
So that one, yeah, I don't know. I um, Southeast Missouri won that one 48 to 44 last year at Southern Illinois. Um, so pretty close matchup. Um, it'll probably be close again. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Southern Illinois can start the year off on the right foot. Um, they, they're kind of need that momentum to get going. Yeah. Um, so especially before Missouri Valley play starts. Yep. And it'll be interesting. SEMO has to prove their tw- number 20 ranking to me. The Ohio Valley is not exactly a, not a meat grinder. <laughs> So. I was I was surprised by that. I mean, that's about the only interesting part of this matchup is that they're ranking twentieth. But mm-hmm. yeah, it'll. And did you use AGS oh. poll numbers for this, or is this? Uh, yeah, correct. Yep, AGS. Right. Yep. Well, I use the most accurate poll out there. I assume, but you know what happens when you assume. <laughs> I, I don't want to get myself in trouble. I just want to make sure. Right. <laughs> so. But... so. One of the one of the bigger matchups in the NBSC this week, though, is uh, that Montana at South Dakota game. That's a huge um, game, actually. Montana, the Big Sky, has got a tough schedule, um, and also obviously USD and the Missouri Valley's got a tough schedule. If they're thinking about making the playoffs, they better be winning this game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think both teams are gonna come out pretty fired up for this one. Yeah, I mean, Montana starts opens their constant conference slate at uc davis and then it doesn't get better <laughs> some teams in the big sky right. miss everybody and some people get everybody and montana gets everybody this year so both of these teams i think are going to have an uphill battle to get into the playoffs and they've got to win their out a conference games to make it they have to win them and usd is going to need to start with the right foot forward we're going to get to see how their hippos do <laughs> against the Montana Grizzlies, but um, it's it's going to be a big, interesting game to see if Montana's worthy of ranking, uh, if USD's any better than last year on the offensive line and the defense. So that's going to be a big game down the road. It might not sound like a big game right now to people, but that could be what a playoff berth ends up hinging on is winning that first round that first game of the year because these guys are as it looks right now are gonna be right on the bubble if they have the seasons that some expect yeah it's a and a bigger for montana too because i mean they they've kind of had a little a few down years um so they're they need to bounce back um and it'd be a be a big way to Big way to do it by starting it on the road at, at South Dakota. So They need to bounce back and come to Brookings for a little revenge. That's what needs to happen. I, I'm all game for that. That's that what sounds great. A little bit of South I, Dakota hospitality. That's what I'm feeling. I agree. <laughs> uh, then we got the big ones from Missouri Valley. Uh, starting probably down at the bottom, even though they, I feel they have one of the best chances to win, Indiana State at Kansas. They get to play less miles. Minus the LSU Tigers, <laughs> which makes it a lot more winnable game. And the thing I've heard about this one that reminds me a lot of when the Jacks went down there and took the game from Kansas is Kansas is low on scholarships again. They're not using their full allotment of scholarships again. Uh, sounds like they're rebuilding. And when you got an offense that can score with a good quarterback, that's that's a good matchup. Good matchup for the FCS team. I agree. Um, 
I'm still mad about that SDSU Kansas game. I mean, yeah, we did. It was our first FBS win, but we almost gave away that game. So yeah, um, we really st- waffle stomped in the whole first half. It's kind of like we coasted that out. You know. Yeah. So hopefully Indiana State can finish that one out the right way. Yeah. Um, That's the, the next big one um, is uh, kind of Illinois State at Northern Illinois. Um, I mean, they're Illinois State's wants to be one of those you know top three teams in the missouri valley um they're ranked 14th in the ags poll i mean if they want to prove it they better beat northern illinois because northern illinois is not that good nope they're they're a mac team and they're not a good mac team and the way the missouri valley is right now a good missouri valley team should beat a bad mac team the leagues are very much not they're they're just similar at best for the mac they're their high high end teams are like the high high end MVFC teams, in my opinion. That's outside of maybe every once in a blue moon they have the real moonshot team that goes undefeated and ends up in a in a New Year's Eve bowl. But otherwise, it's the Missouri Valley that's really expensive, <laughs> has less people show up for the games. <laughs> so very true. That's a game that if Illinois State is up to their ranking and all their preseason hype then that's when they at minimum at minimum has to be a one score game at the end of it in my opinion if they're gonna i agree yeah i mean they yeah they got to be right in the right in it at the end or even leading for some of the game too to actually prove that prove to me that they're serious about being a top contender this year yep yep and then follow that up we got number 15 northern iowa at iowa state iowa state is ranked number 21 pretty good size spread on this game makes you lean towards thinking that this will be one that you and I kind of gets kicked around but um, from the folks I know and talk to who are big you and I people they're very guarded about this year and in a way that makes you think they think they've got some something going down there and if old Chris Farley can get himself to pick one quarterback this could be a surprisingly close game or they could get blown. Sounds up. like you picked one, but I mean, he's there. There sounds like they're starting a redshirt freshman quarterback too. So, um, the year of the it'll be interesting shirt. to see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why not, man? Do it. So, uh, yeah, I, I, we'll save our spread picks till later. But I, I think Iowa State's got some momentum on their side. I think they're going to be a pretty good team this year. Um, this one's going to be a pretty tough for Norland Iowa to come away with a win let, let alone a cover in my opinion but yeah. oh and we, we forgot one other game NDSU's playing Butler yeah. I guess That's yeah the other game up in Minneapolis I guess there's yeah, something going on something for going the rest on. of the weekend they're but... excited let's be honest this is an excuse yeah. for Bison fans to go to Twin Cities get drunk and go to TCF go to the um, Twins field that's a, a target that's, field yeah target field that one and yeah yeah i mean it's it's kind of cool to be playing there but i mean to be playing butler there it would have been nice to see him have an actual decent matchup yeah know, that's that that uc davis matchup would have been cool there but i understand yeah. you don't want to have a, a big tight matchup like that you want to have every advantage that the fargo dome allows and so i understand oh, for sure that. i i get it yep. and it gives their fan base yeah. in 
Minneapolis a chance to see him. So more power to him. This game's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be worse. It's going to be on par with when the Jacks played Arkansas playing Buff. It's not going to be pretty. Hi. It's going to be ugly. I would agree with you there. Yeah. But, I mean, that pretty much wraps up the Missouri Valley for us there. All right. So beyond that, we've got some other um, pretty good matchups for the the top FCS teams. Um, yep. I guess we can start off with you know Eastern Washington. They're ranked number two in the AGS poll. They're taking on number thirteen ranked Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a big game for them. I mean, they could make a big, huge statement going in and beating a team like that. Oh my goodness! Um, the nice be. thing for them, nice thing for them is it's not that far of a road trip. So right. Um, it you know I guess good spot for them, but it's going to be a real tough game because I think Washington's going to be pretty tough. Yeah, about the same same distance, maybe a little longer for, as us going to the Twin Cities, and that's a tough road to hoe right there. Washington's supposed to be pretty good. Uh, I, Eastern Washington does have a lot of talent returning from their semifinal team. Uh, they didn't get ranked number two just because. They were in the semifinals. Uh, they return a lot of talent. A lot of the defense that was playing in that national title game is coming back. But I don't think you go into Washington and pull that game off. I just don't. You go and collect yeah, the I, I would agree. I'm on your side <laughs> there. Um, one where this is, to me, is one of the biggest potentials for an fbs up fcs upset is james madison number three going to west going to west virginia um again i don't know how long the road trip is but it can't be that far mm-hmm. um and west virginia is not the, the west virginia of the past you know four or five years they right. are way down from what they were so big opportunity for james madison to uh take an fbs win here mm-hmm Absolutely. I, if James Madison is everything that they're cooked up to be by all the national media, hero sports, stats, all those guys, if they are everything and you know, bag of chips, this is a game they probably should win. West Virginia is not supposed to be good this year. They've done it before. I believe they've beaten West Virginia before, or a minimum they've played there. So this should be a game they should take. In my opinion, they should be able to win this game. I would agree with you. But um, another kind of similar game is uh, UC number five UC Davis at California. Yeah. Um, it's similar in the manner that it's a big, another big name, but again, they're not as good as they are used to being. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, not that far of a road trip for UC Davis. So, um, like you, same thing we said with James Madison. If they're, you know serious about being real good this year this is a game that you know they should at least be real close to winning if not actually win it yeah absolutely and with what they've got coming back that quarterback you know we before thought it was uh the the big name wide receiver keelan doss who was a a walter payton award finalist and he left and the quarterback's still there and they were still really explosive on offense so uh they're they should have a shot at this game, especially with an explosive offense. If they get up a couple touchdowns and get Cal to start pushing, they got a real shot at it. But I don't know how, which way that one's going to swing. 
we'll see. It's, these are just a lot of good litmus tests. We don't know anything about anybody, <laughs> really. We don't really exactly. know anything about the Jackrabbits right now. They haven't, they haven't set foot on the field yet. So that does roll us into Weber, Weber State. I'm sorry, it's Weber State. They're not the grills. <laughs> At San Diego. Diago? Is that how you say it? Diago. San Diego. San Diego. San Saint Diego. Saint Diego. Saint Diego State. <laughs> the that other SDSU, allegedly. <laughs> uh Weber State, that's another one. That line's real low. Uh they're supposed to have as good of a shot as James Madison. Uh Weber State should be a darn good team this year. That's another one to keep your eye on if you're looking for a good FBS, FCS watch for an upset. Might see I agree. The right. Um, just run run through a couple more of the FCS, FBS games. Uh, Nichols at Kansas State. Be interesting to see what Nichols has this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Montana State at Texas Tech. Um, I guess Nichols is ranked 10th. Montana State's ranked 12th. So Pretty high ranked in the FCS, but um, pretty tough FCS games for FBS games for them, I guess. Yep. Yeah, those are a couple tough games. You know, kind of leads you into Central Arkansas, Western Kentucky. When I see a ranked FCS team against a team like Western Kentucky or San Diego State, that sh- they shouldn't get blown out at minimum, in my opinion. That that sh- you shouldn't. I would get agree, blown and out. I mean this this. The spread reflects that too. I mean, they're only Central Arkansas is only eight and a half point dogs mm-hmm. versus Western Kentucky. So, right. um, kind of a similar. Situation. Another one is. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say another one's at Colgate at Air Force. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Colgate can bounce back. Um, but I think Air Force is usually pretty tough. Um, at right. their at their home home stadium there, so that one's gonna be tough. Yeah, it'll be a tough one at altitude for sure. In Colgate, as we saw is not what they were last year after what Villanova did to them. They lost a lot, but Patriot League teams tend to be up and down. That's the way it goes. They have a good class come through, then they drop down, then they get back up. So I don't see that one being close even a little bit after what we saw against Villanova. I agree. And kind of the last one we wanted to highlight was Sam Houston State in New Mexico. Um, Only a nine-point spread in this one. Um, We'll see if Sam Houston State wants to be serious this year or not. I mean, it's a winnable game for him, I'd say. Yeah, it absolutely is. Should It's along the same lines of, you know, Central Arkansas and Western Kentucky. Uh, very winnable game. We'll see if they go out and do it. Right. Well, with that, um, I think it's time uh, for us to make our picks. Prediction time. <laughs> Brendan, <Woo! laughs> Brendan is already down one pick. Um, I am... 2-0, and oh, perfect, which is, I mean, to be expected. It's all part of the plan. Um, I'm coming for you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, <laughs> what we decided to do was pick all the Missouri Valley games and then um, four of the big FCS games. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll just kick it right off. We got uh, number two, Eastern Washington, at um, number 13, ranked FBS, Washington. That one's a 21-point spread. Uh, I'll let you go first. What do you what do you got in that one? Oh, I'm so good at picking against the spread. I'm gonna go with I'll take the points with Eastern Washington. I'm with you there. We're on the we're on the same side on that one, so uh, how will I gain any ground? 
<laughs> well, I'll I'll pick first on the next one. Maybe you want to pick against me. I'm gonna go. Well, next one we're picking is, uh, number three, James Madison at West Virginia. Um, that one opened at seven point. West Virginia being a seven point favorite, that's down to a six point favorite. Um, and so I mean, people have been betting on James Madison. It looks like. I'm going to go with the trend there. I'm going to I'm going to take James Madison in the plus 6. Yeah, I'll ride the Dukes. I'll do it. I'll I'll, I'll ride them and take the points. Uh they should be able to hang or, or win in that game. There you go. Uh the next one we got is number 5 UC Davis at Cal and Cal is a 13 point favorite in that one. This one I was on the fence about um still not totally confident. I think I'm gonna go with Cal in this one. Um, Thirteen. If it was if it was fourteen or more, I'd probably go UC Davis. But um, I think Cal's gonna bounce back a little bit. I think that UC Davis isn't as good as their ranking. So that's that's where I'm at. Where are you at on that one? Well, you're the professional here, but I'm gonna go with. That's a pretty far stretch. Call me professional. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'll take the points with UC Davis. Let's let's roll the dice twice. There you go. All right. The next one we got is number seven, Weber State at Weber State at San Diego State, and that SDSU is a seven and a half point favorite. I'm gonna go with Weber State and the points in this one. I like the hook. Um, I like plus seven and a half there. I will take San Diego State. All right, now we're now we're getting some separation. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Let's go. All right, well we'll leave the SDSU game for last. Um, let's go to. Oh no, you're uh, gonna make Northern. me pick the Jacks game. Oh, you're evil. Oh yeah, of course. Oh, you're all the Missouri Valley games. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. That's all. So we fair. got That's uh, fair, fair enough. Number fifteen, Northern Iowa. <laughs> Number 15, Northern Iowa at number 21, <laughs> FBS, Iowa State. And they are 18.5 point favorites in that one. Um, I'll, let, I'll let you pick this one first. I've been picking first so for quite a few years. <sighs> That's a huge spread. I'm going to take Northern Iowa in that one. I think they at least keep it within closer than that. Well, we'll see what happens. You got more confidence in Northern Iowa than I do. I, I'm taking Iowa State. Um, I think they're gonna have a pretty good year, and I think they'll start off on the right foot with a big, pretty big win over their uh, in-state FCS foe there. Then we got what Illinois so, State at Northern Illinois. That's right, number fourteen Illinois State at Northern Illinois. That one opened at five and a half point favorites for Northern Illinois. It's down to minus four already, so mm. that's a pretty big swing already. Um, I'm gonna go Illinois State in this one. I I think they'll cover the spread, and I actually think they'll win. So, what do you got? <sighs> yeah, I'll take Illinois State. I feel like I've picked a lot of FCS upsets here, but I'll go with Illinois State and take the points. They just an FCS homer. I am. Oh, it's just a <laughs> ridiculous FCS homer. Just cheering for. Hey, man, you're not. You still got points, though. I mean, we're not picking right, straight up, so that's true. You got points on your side, mm-hmm. so. The next one we go after is uh, number 19, Indiana State at Kansas. That one opened up with Kansas being a four and a half point favorite and has actually moved up to a five and a half point favorite for Kansas, which kind of surprised there. Um, 
but at the same time, not a lot of people know about Indiana State. So last mile factor. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the Indiana Indiana State side there with the five and a half points. Feel like a traitor, but I'm. No, I'll go with Indiana State. I'll take the points. I'll go with Indiana State. Five and a half. I knew you would. (laughs) (laughs) So you would have been Kansas at four and a half. Yeah, I think so. All right, all right. Going with the line move. I like it. So then we got uh, Southern Illinois at SEMO. And SEMO is a six and a half point favorite at home in that one. This one's a really tough pick. Um, but I'm going to go with Southern Illinois to start the season off right. Um, I think they go into SEMO and uh, have a big win here. I don't know if they win, but these games tend to be close. So um, that's actually a big rivalry game for them, I'm pretty sure. So I'll take the points with SEMO. You taking SEMO to cover six and a half? Uh, no, I'm sorry. I meant Southern Illinois. That's what I thought. That's All right, one. so Southern Illinois yeah. plus six and a half there. That's the one. Both on the same <laughs> side on that it. one. And then we got uh, Western Illinois at North Alabama. That one was at a 22-point dog for North Alabama, now up to 25 and a half. So that spread's getting bigger. Um, That's nuts. I'm going to... Yeah, I'm, I was surprised too. I'm going to take North Alabama. Um, I think I just don't think Western Illinois is that good this year, and they have to go to Northern Alabama. So I'm I'm taking North Alabama to cover at home there. Yep, give me UNA. There you go. We got uh, Missouri State at another UNA, Northern Arizona. Um, that one opened at a pick'em. Now it's at plus two and a half for Northern Arizona hmm. um, at home. That's wild. So, some people have confidence in Missouri State for some reason. <laughs> in the Bears. What are you? Uh, what are you feeling on that one? I think I'm gonna go with Missouri State. I'll take them. They're gonna pull it off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Northern Northern Arizona in that one. Um, and the getting the points there is a bonus. Um, but I think the elevation and everything in the first game of the year. Um, I think Northern Arizona wins this one. That's a fair one. So then we got uh, number 12, 25, Montana at USD. And that one opened at five and a half, now at a six-point favorite for USD. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how about you how you feel about this, but I'm kind of surprised USD this big of a favorite. Yeah. Um, I know they're at home, but, man, I figured it'd be closer to, like, three or even closer to pick them. Um, so I guess – that's an indication I'm taking Montana and the points in this one. Right. I mean, it's going to be a sellout. And normally in a dome, you think Rockets atmosphere is sellout, but that's because half the seats are gone. So it's really a half full stadium. So, I mean, yeah, the Dakota Dome's a tough place to play, but uh, give me Montana. I, 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 I'm not sold on USD till I see their offensive line uh, block some people. I agree. So then we got uh, Butler versus NDSU at Target Field. That one opened up at 48, and there's been people betting on Butler because it's down to 46.5 now, um, which I think they're nuts because I think NDSU blows the doors off them, and that they cover 46.5 fairly easily. They probably blow the doors off them, but I don't know if I remember the last time NDSU beat somebody by 50 points. 
they're pretty notorious for laying off the gas. That said, new coach. I don't know. Exactly. New coach. Looking to make a statement, new quarter, maybe. New quarterback. They want to get them game reps. It could get a little more out of hand than it normally would. So I'm going to take Butler. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> Just lead me down a path. Uh, that's, that's surprising. <laughs> Well, you only get 46 and a half. You don't get the opening 48, so just keep that in mind. Yeah. We're watching that game chewing my nails, hoping for a butler field goal at the end of the game. <laughs> there you go, like a true degenerate. Yeah. All right. So then we get down to the big one. Um, we got SDSU at Minnesota. Um, this line opened up with Minnesota being a 12 and a half point favorite. It's actually up to 14 and a half now. So that's kind of a big deal because they crossed that two touchdown number. Um, they're up to 14 and a half. Um, I'm going to take South Dakota State to cover now that it's above 14. Um, if it was Minnesota 12 and a half, I would have been on Minnesota on that one. But I like the, the two touchdown with a hook there. So we're betting the spread and we get points. So I can make a wishy-washy prediction without having to pick this game. That's kind of nice. I pick a winner. I'm oh, you're excited you're going to predict the score of the game shortly here. So What is this tomfoolery? I've got to pick the <laughs> score? Are you oh, high? Oh, yeah. We got to have We got to end it with a prediction. Oh my god. All right. I'll take the uh, uh, give me give me SDSU straight up. Fine. There we're we. We're going to go there. Oh. Give him straight up. I don't even want the points. What? You taking <laughs> taking the win? The does it count for any more than if I if I uh, take them to, for the win? No, you might as well take oh, the points. Fine, I'll take the points. Whatever. <laughs> All right. So you're giving away your prediction there. Are you are you predicting SDSU win? Am I? Yeah. Is that, what is that, that where you're going? Like? That's crazy. I, I mean, if you ask me. Bad things when I pick games, Ben. Bad things happen when I pick games. All right. Um. I don't know if anybody noticed my tone throughout this whole thing. We should have done this on Saturday. <laughs> but um, I got a lot of faith in the boys. We got a lot of experience on this team. I think the offensive line comes out and punches them in the mouth, or at least I hope so, because this is going to be on the internet and forever. So um, give me the Jacks. I think it's going to be uh, 28. No. We're going to make a 31-28 to 28 game. Mr. Venetary uses that big leg and boots a 48-yard 40 mule kick to win the game. As time expires. As time expires from the left hash. When it happens, That's a prediction. I expect to see a sign in the stands Let's... that says, Brendan called it. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll rush the field and I'll take my shirt off and I'll have, I'll have that written on my chest just in case. That's a bet. You heard it. That's that's an audio file. <laughs> there you <laughs> that's go. That's as good as writing. <laughs> what do you think? Well, I do like your thirty-one to twenty-eight number. Um, man, I just—it's gonna be tough for the Jacks to pull this one off. Um, you know, like we mentioned, they're gonna get—it's gonna be the ground pound. They're gonna get worn down a little bit. Um. But having said that, I'm going to go with SDSU. I'll, I'll, I'll go the same. We'll get some good juju going. We'll go 31-28, and uh, that's 
That ain't no guess. That's that's what it's that's gonna what be. It's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> well done. All right. Well, with that, we'll wrap it up. Um, hopefully, uh, we see it. we're we we'll see you guys next week, and we're talking about a big Jacks win. Um, besides that, as always, go big, go blue, go Jacks, go Jacks. Yeah, I mean it's it's big for both teams. You know, uh, <laughs> they they both need to start the year off right. Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man.